Kayla Berg was 15 when she disappeared back in 2009. Somebody knows something. Please, for the love of God, if you know something, just tell law enforcement, the FBI, any agency. Just help me get my daughter back and help me find her and get some answers. And if Kayla, you still happen to see this somewhere, oh God, I love you and I just want you. Welcome to the Searching for Closure podcast, an ongoing investigation into the unsolved 2009 missing persons case of 15-year-old Kayla Berg. I want you to close your eyes for a minute, unless of course you're listening to this while driving. Just clear your mind and let yourself travel back in time. Let's go back to nine years ago, all the way back to 2009. Was there a memorable event that happened in your life nine years ago? Maybe you graduated from high school. You got that promotion you had worked so hard to earn. Perhaps you got married, or maybe your first child was born. Those are all memories of joy and happiness, milestones that will live on forever in your hearts and minds. Now I want you to forget those memories. Block those happy thoughts from your mind. I want you to try to remember something horrible that happened to you nine years ago. Without giving it too much effort, what do you remember? Off the top of your head, what's your worst memory from nine years ago? Chances are, unless it was something catastrophic, you probably don't remember anything of importance. If you try hard enough, I'm sure you'll remember something, but chances are, you've most likely forgotten the bad things that happened almost a decade ago. But what if you couldn't forget? What if every morning when you woke up, you were reminded of something terrible that happened nine years ago? You might remember a family member that passed away from cancer, or a divorce being finalized. But those terrible events are explainable. You know why they occurred. You know the cause and the outcome. You have answers. Now imagine spending every single day questioning, pondering, replaying, examining for nine whole years and not being any closer to closure than when it first happened. I can't begin to comprehend how that must feel, but I can only imagine that's how hope must feel. It's been nine years since 15-year-old Kayla Berg went missing. That's 3,285 days. 180 birthday candles that never got to be blown out. An infinite number of unanswered questions. On August 11th, the nine-year anniversary of Kayla's disappearance, Hope and her friend Christine held a night of remembrance at the local park in Anago. I decided I'd make the four-hour drive, introduce myself in person, and show my support. I love going for long drives by myself, It gives me quiet time to reflect, ponder, and clear my head. But for this, I decided to bring a partner. My brother TJ, actually. He has a degree in psychology and works for Child Protective Services. 
So around 11 in the morning on a sunny Saturday, I filled up the gas tank, poured my coffee, picked my brother up from his house, and we hit the road. Driving up there is something kind of hard to put into words. Once you get outside of the city, the forest becomes so dense. It's just an ocean of trees. I couldn't, I've never been up by Anago before. So to see just how thick these forests were and how it's everywhere, whether it's Indian reservations or national parks, there's literally trees everywhere. Not to be morose or bleak, but there are literally probably thousands of places where you can go and leave something where someone will never find it. It's also very easy to get lost up there. To go out in the woods, you don't know what direction is which. You don't have the lake directly to the east of you for a sense of direction. When we got up there, there weren't a lot of people. It was mostly just Christine, her son, and a dozen grandkids. I asked if they needed help because we got there a little bit early. So we helped tie balloons for a good hour, which sounds easy enough. But let me tell you, after you tie four or 500 balloons, your fingers are raw. I still have blisters a week later. But it was for a very good cause, in my opinion. And the amount of pain that I can only imagine that hope goes through on a daily basis is nothing compared to some, you know, blisters on your fingers. The local news showed up maybe about 20 minutes before the balloon release, and uh, they did their interviews with Hope, and it was nice. There's only two reporters, but it's better than nothing, I suppose. I got to meet Hope, which for me was... It made me uncomfortable because I didn't know what to say. What do you say to someone that is in that position, having lost a loved one? It's not an easy thing to do with a friend at a funeral, let alone someone you've never met before that has gone through this for nine years now. The turnout was a lot smaller than I thought, which is sad to me. Memories do fade, especially after nine years, but people also have their own lives and, you know, events go on and sadly things are just pushed aside. You know, if you look at Tina's case, 45 years later, people didn't want to remember anymore. They wanted to block out all those bad thoughts. And honestly, you can't blame them. It's hard to live with that. It's hard to live with any kind of bad thought, but to keep that in your mind day after day after day, it does weigh down on you. So I I wish that more people would have turned out, but the people that were there did seem very supportive and it hopefully helped hope a little bit. How do you cope with something like this? You you really can't. You just do the best you can. Moving forward with the podcast, 
Um, I'm not reading off of notes right now. This is 100% real. This is off the top of my head. I need to take an indefinite break. I touched upon it a little bit in the last episode. There is some family medical emergencies going on right now in my life. And I honestly don't have time to dedicate to this. I I feel like I can't help anyone until I help the people closest to me in my life. I want to enjoy every minute I can with my family while I have my family. And working a 60-hour-a-week job and, you know, being married and having responsibilities does not make this passion project any easier. And any time I do devote to it, it's never happy thoughts. It's, you know, the brutal stabbing of a 15-year-old girl or the disappearance of another 15-year-old girl or trying to figure out how bad the sex trafficking is in Wisconsin or all these other missing persons cases and grieving families, it, it weighs down on you. It's, you know, when you look at that void for too long, the, or when you look at the abyss for too long, the abyss starts to look back at you. And I need to just focus on my family right now. Um, so for now I am hanging up my headphones and I'm putting away my mic. I'm not saying that I'm not going to return, but there are very pressing issues going on in my life right now that need all my attention and any attention that I'm not putting towards that needs to be on trying to maintain a happy existence. So I hope I'm not letting anyone down. If I if I am, I truly apologize. But my family is the most important thing to me in my life, as your family should be the most important thing to you. So hug your loved ones. Let them know that you love them. Let them know that they're cared for and that you would do anything for them. And Hopefully they feel the same way about you. And remember that life is precious. And before you know it, they they might not be with you anymore. So, I don't know when I'll be back, but I will keep everyone updated. If I decide to come back, when I decide to come back on my website, searchingforclosure.com. Until then, I say this from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for listening. <laughs>